Lionel Messi is a true titan of football, arguably the greatest player to lace up a pair of boots. But his World Cup dream hangs by a thread. Failure to beat Poland tonight could mean the Argentina legend bows out at international level without emulating the likes of Diego Maradona and Pele by lifting that famous golden trophy. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. I have three legends on my tipping team today, starting with a man who has hundreds of caps for the Betfair national team. Mark O'Hare is with us once again. Mark, Argentina lost to Saudi, were rescued by some messy magic against Mexico, and now they've got this nail-biting game against Poland. They haven't been very good, have they, is the honest truth. Um. Well, I mean... Hmm. I yeah, I might surprise you. Um, okay, they are a weird one, um, and they haven't performed to probably probably the expectations that most people anticipated from a team who has sort of been dubbed as one of the the serious main challengers to win the whole trophy. But I actually thought they played well against Saudi Arabia, and um, so then I was quite surprised when Lionel Scaloni made five changes against Mexico because I didn't think there was a huge amount wrong with what they did against Saudis at least for the first half when they could have easily run away with the game. They were much, much less impressive against Mexico, of course, and they were, you know, thankful really to, to Messi's left foot, really, from a wonderful finish. But they are rotten in that first half, of course, and they weren't much better in the second half either. So, you know, I think results led. You kind of go, well, they've not been very good. But I think if they, if, you know, if they beat Saudi Arabia three four nil in that first half, which easily could have happened, we're probably sitting here thinking actually these guys are real challengers and contenders. So that's football for you, and I think it's sometimes it's quite. You know, we should really sort of take a step back before we sort of judge teams after just two games. Um, they've got three points on the board and obviously their fate is still in their own hands, really, which is all they can really ask for. Um, Mexico defended as a unit, but Argentina did look out of ideas for a lot, a lot of that match. But I just thought it was interesting that the two sort of narratives after the two games, because across the whole 90 minutes, Argentina had six touches in Mexico's penalty box, but they had 25 uh, against Saudi Arabia. They don't win the Saudi Arabia game and, and you know, everything's sort of saying it's, uh, this, this team's horrendous. How can they be considered challengers? The one thing that worries me really is just the, the sort of emotional knock-on effect of how they're sort of building these matches up themselves. Um, the way they celebrated the win in the changing room afterwards, you know, for, for an hour or so, um, the way in which they kind of put that pressure on themselves to get that result that's my concern, really. We're only game two into a, a major tournament. You know, that's bound to have sort of knock-on effects if you're going to put that amount of pressure on yourselves to produce. Um, and I guess another sort of negative, really, is that we've seen the impact of Giovanni Lo Celso not being in the team as being the sort of link man between the, the midfield and the attack, and they've massively missed him. So, yeah, they've not been great, for sure. Uh, but I think there's a team there who are more than capable of sort of performing above what we've seen already. And I do think if they'd got that victory against Saudi Arabia, they'd be perceived a little bit differently. So they're playing a Poland team who have just been a bit bang average at best, really, haven't they? You know, they missed that penalty in an awful game against Mexico, bounced back against the Saudis without completely convincing. The Saudis actually controlled most of that game, dominated possession and the shot count, but gave away a couple of really you know, guilt had chances to, to Poland who took advantage, but they've been pretty bland. And, um, 
you know, I think we were talking off air and Jason said, you know, the Saudis, not Saudi, sorry, Poland will be quite happy to sort of cede possession here and, and just kind of shut up shop. And you know, absolutely, that's what we're expecting them to do. And it's amazing that they've yet to concede a goal in the competition because they've conceded 1.66 non-penalty expected goals and 16 shots from inside the penalty of penalty box against pretty middling opponents so far. And now they're coming up against Messi and co who are motivated. So, yeah, I'm still pro-Argentina. Um I can understand the concerns, but I think you can get them at 2.06 to win this game alongside under three and a half goals. Uh, that, for me, is a, an absolutely fine bet to take. Uh, I can see Argentina doing enough, doing what's required, as they have done against Mexico. But the alternative, which kind of stood out to me as well, um, I mean, he's been smashed in from about 15 to 8, 2 to 1 to, to even money, but I still think there's value in it. But Matty Cash to make two fouls or more. He's committed six already in this competition, two against Mexico, four against Saudi Arabia, uh, right back, so he'll probably be sort of in a direct uh, opponent to to Messi when he floats out to the left-hand side. And Messi's already been fouled seven times in this competition too, so could be a bit of an, a nice matchup there. So, um, yeah, you expect Poland to be on the back foot and Cash will probably be put under pressure. Well, his appearance has uh, already been previewed by Mark. The punting professor, trader Jason Murphy, is with us. Jason, I know completely what Mark says, we shouldn't jump to conclusions and, you know, you play that game against Saudi Arabia multiple times, most of the time Argentina win it, but they didn't win it, they lost, and then against Mexico weren't particularly great. So where do you think they're at right now? If you ask anyone that's a football fan and you say, have a look at the Betfair Exchange outright betting and say, give us a team to lay and give us a team to back. Everyone's looking at Argentina price and really liking it. And it's just that potential banana skin against Poland tonight. In some lives, in some simulations that we're living through, you get the results that you got against Saudi Arabia. And sadly, it's possible tonight we could get that result where Messi goes out from the World Cup. The football fan of me hopes that doesn't happen. On the Betfair Sportsbook, Argentina are our biggest liability by a long stretch. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of recreational punters are seeing the price and liking it. But we'd be very happy to give away a few quid if it means that Messi lifts that World Cup. But as, as Mark alluded to there, it's before the 9 a.m. watershed. So the polite way of putting it is that Poland treat the ball like a hot potato and therefore Argentina are going to have all the possession tonight. And the football fan in me just hopes that that they do get through just for the narrative, just for the drama, just for that messy story to continue for at least one more round at this World Cup. The dashing doctor of data is here, Jake Hoskathorpe from InfoGold. Jake, Poland's, as the guys have said, they've not exactly been sparkling either. Robert Lewandowski did get his goal, though, finally. So that could make a bit of a difference, but it's whether he'll get any service. Yeah, um, I think it's whether he gets the service and whether, just in general, Poland create chances. Um, you know, they, they really struggled against Mexico. I think I've got quite a bit of respect for the Mexico backline because they've shown in two games so far this World Cup that they don't concede many chances from open play. I mean, they limited Argentina to just 0.35 XG in that game. Um, but yeah, the, the issue that they're going to have is... is you know, I guess the onus isn't on them to attack and actually win the game, but Argentina have been excellent defensively in terms of expected goals. They've conceded just 0.16 to Saudi Arabia, 0.19 to Mexico, which is just staggering, really. It makes them the best defensive team in the competition so far through two matches. I know it's a small sample size, and you could argue that they've not played the two be best attacking teams in the tournament, but it does kind of go along with the long-term trends that Argentina have been very solid and difficult to beat and don't give up too many chances. So with that in mind, um, I, I can't really see Poland troubling Argentina. And, and I guess from a Poland perspective, the big concern for me is the way in which Saudi Arabia created chances against them. 
you know, I mentioned Mexico really struggled to create in that game, but Saudi Arabia had no problems. I mean, they, they racked up quite a few good chances. They got over two expected goals. Um, if you take away the penalty, you're at 1.4 non-penalty expected goals, which is a really good effort for a team that I still don't think are very good. Um, and yeah, if Argentina, they've got so much more quality in those forward areas, the onus is on them to actually go and have to win this game. And if they do win the game, I think it's highly likely that they top the group as well. So there's even more incentive for them to go out and and really um you know take the ball by the horns and and get that victory. And I'm with Mark. I think the bet is Argentina to win under three and a half goals. I don't see it getting <coughs> crazily out of hand with a lot of goal scoring opportunities. I would also be tempted by an Argentina win to nil, just based on what I was saying about Argentina's defense. Um, but I think just that extra bit of security with the two-one result for Argentina means that the, you know, I think. The moment you're getting around even money on the exchange, you might be able to get matched at around 2.05 if you're lucky um, come kickoff time, which I think is a cracking bet. Well, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Let's take it across to the other game in that group then. Saudi Arabia, 4.9 as they face Mexico, who are the 1.74 favourites here. Jason, I can understand that in one sense because, of course, Mexico have more of a reputation, but Mexico have been atrocious, especially going forward. Just a real disappointment so far. So where do we get to with this 1.74? Yeah, so there have been disappointment going forward in Mexico. Obviously, Raul Jimenez hasn't hasn't been fully fit, um, but they do have Tretz and Lozano. Alex Vega has, I thought he looked well, looked decent at lively in the first game against um, Poland. Uh, but the market has reacted like that. Saudi Arabia price has come in since since the World Cup started, um, and it's debatable whether it should go another little bit. I I probably would say that it should. Um, Mexico defensively, Jake had, had alluded to it. They're defensively pretty good, Mexico, but that's that's not going to be good enough for them. They need to get results against Saudi Arabia and and keep an eye on the other game as well. Um, the, the the tip I give for this is Salam Al Dasari, uh, first goal scorer. You'll get about fourteen to one on the exchange, or you can have a look at four to one um, anytime. Like if you're doing a bet builder, so get the best price in the first goal score market on the exchange, or if you're doing your bet builder, four to one score anytime. Uh, he scored the opening goal in five of their last seven uh, matches. Scored the winner against Argentina. Hopefully, still on penalties as well. If you're doing this bet. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'd never seen them before before this World Cup, but there might be some of you that might have seen them in a Villarreal jersey. Really weird how it came about. Uh, the Saudi Arabia Federation did a deal with La Liga in 2018 that a few La Liga clubs got a few players on loan, didn't have to pay anything, probably got a few quid for it in fairness. And he actually made an appearance against Real Madrid only one game before returning back to Al-Hilal. Um, so it wasn't George Way's vouching for a miter it wasn't Ali Day. he must have been actually <laughs> decent in training as well and we've seen how decent he's been in the World Cup thought he was he was well worth the watch on Saturday uh, against Poland and expect him to be well worth the watch tonight the drama is, is look Messi has to get the big screen on the TV but definitely will keep one eye on this game the laptop as well and he'll definitely be the player to watch on that pitch Mark how do you see this one yeah I think Mexico are, are too short um, we've talked about Saudi Arabia under Hervé Renard and how They've come a long way in the last four years since their last appearance at the World Cup, and he's built a, a strong footballing 
identity and culture, uh, organisation, personal pride in that squad. There's a big connection between him and his players, as you saw at half-time in the game against Argentina. Uh, they haven't looked out of, out of sorts, really. Um, they look like a very well-coached team who um, know exactly what they're, they're being asked to do, and, and they're actually sort of pulling it off really, really well. Uh, they've really caught the imagination, and um, you can't really sort of say the same about Mexico. Um, you could say it's kind of half home advantage for the Saudis with the climatic conditions and his sort of neighbouring host nation and plenty of supporters on side, but the Mexicans are there in force as well. So it should be a fantastic atmosphere. But yeah, just um, really underwhelmed of Mexico. Um, not seeing anything I didn't um, anticipate from this World Cup from them. They've lacked sort of a clinical edge, been very short on creativity. And I just think backing the Saudis plus one on the Asian handicap at 175 was, <coughs> excuse me, was... Um, you know, it was decent. Um, the only teams Mexico have beaten by two goals or more in competitive matches over the last three years are Suriname, El Salvador, Honduras and Guatemala. Uh, over the last 27 internationals, they scored more than twice on four occasions, which came against those four teams I've just mentioned. They managed 17 goals in third round of qualifying in CONCACAF, which was the same tally as Panama. Raul Jimenez was their top goal scorer. He scored three goals. All three were penalties. Across their last 18 internationals, they've scored more than once uh, on only five occasions and the majority of those matches are coming in their sort of regional area where they are normally the powerhouse the giants of Central America so that's really concerning I don't think any of us have seen a huge amount to be inspired by um, I know Vegas being probably the highlight and Lozano is always capable but there's just a, a sort of lack of um, invention in that team right now and it's it's kind of concerning but another just dipping into the fouls markets because I absolutely love them but um, a player from the Saudi Arabian side who's really sort of caught my imagination, Mohamed Kano, um, a real workhorse in that midfield. He's 10 to 11 to have two or more fouls. Uh, plays for Al Hilal, who dominate the league in Saudi, yet he's averaging around one and a half fouls per game domestically. So, you know, Saudi Arabia is what three to one outsiders in this match. He's going to be under pressure. He's already committed three fouls in each of his opening two games as well, racked up the tackles in, in both as well. So um, I think Saudi's holding midfielder is missing this match through suspension. So, you know, he's going to be probably overworked in that midfield area, real sort of box-to-box -box live wire and expect him to be in amongst it. Well, France have won two out of two. They face Tunisia. Jake, what's been your reading of the French so far? Because we've seen some really lovely moments from them but they're not 100% there yet, but it's a good start. It's a great start. Yeah, I'm really impressed. Um, they, they've, yeah, I wasn't expecting them to win both games as as emphatically as they did. Um, you know, the scorelines may not reflect that, particularly the Denmark one, but the XG totals were heavily one-sided in both. Uh, against Australia, it was 4.6 to 0 0.6, so absolutely destroyed them. Uh, and a good Denmark team, they nearly put up nearly three expected goals and limited Denmark to under one expected goal. So it was a fantastic display, fantastic performance. And I think the the, the impressive thing for me is that they're actually creating good, a lot of good chances, um, which is, you know, I, I think in the last World Cup, they when they won the World Cup, they relied more on that defensive solidity and uh, particularly in the, um, in the knockout rounds, it was more clinical finishing rather than overwhelming the opposition with creating an abundance of chances. So the um, you know I like the chances a lot more of, of retaining the World Cup if they carry on playing the way the, the way in which they are, which is creating a lot of good chances. The chances of them actually converting quite a few of those is, is very high with the players they've got on the pitch. Um, they are going to ring the changes in this though. Um, reports uh, Lakeep saying there's going to be five or six that are going to be rested and rotated. Uh, one of those that won't be is apparently Mbappe, who says that he's he would rather play than be rested, which is fair enough. He's got his eyes on the golden boot. 
Um, what Mbappe says goes. Well, he he we know that he's the you know basically the CEO of PSG and 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 apparently France now. So yeah, he's the boss. Um, so yeah, I, I think his price to score any time two point two looks huge. Um, you know, as if he starts as expected, then you know the the, the state of play for Tunisia is that they've basically got to beat France to have any chance of qualifying. Generally, Tunisia's best, um, you know, the, the best asset is the defence. It's not their attack, but because they've got to go and try and beat France, they're going to maybe uh, overexpose themselves at the back more than what they perhaps would usually do. So um, I think Mbappe should get a lot of space um, to, to potentially cause a lot of problems. Um, and yeah, get another couple of goals. I think the, the 2.2 price is just huge. Um, I think it was quite big against Denmark as well, about six to four against Denmark. And I think that price will continue to shorten a little bit when people start to understand just how many chances France are creating on a regular basis. Um, the other bit I quite like the look of as well was um, Eduardo Camavinga to get an assist. Um, reports are the that uh, Theo Hernandez is going to be rested because he's France's only left back at the moment that's fully fit after his brother was um, uh, was uh, injured with an ACL. So reports are in, from the training camp is that Camavinga's actually been playing left back um, and Deschamps has been trialling that out with him playing left back. And if that is the case, um, you know, the, we've seen quite a lot of wide overloads from France at this tournament so far. A lot of getting to the byline, crossing for the likes of Giroud. Uh, I think Mbappe uh, scored one as well. Um, I think Rabiot put one in from a, a similar kind of left back position um, in the first game. I thought his price of around 72 was a bit was, was a little bit big um, to assist. And again, I think that France should get plenty of space and plenty of chances. We've mentioned Mbappe, Jason. He had a rather mixed performance, it's fair to say, uh, against Denmark. He wasn't very good to start with, but he made up for it. Uh, yeah, um, look, it's good to know that he's human, um, but he's, <laughs> he still scores the goals. And as Jack alluded to, like, that price is a fantastic price. If like any goal scorer betting that you're doing, you usually, if it's a single, you, you'll get a great price. You'll get matched at a good price on the Betfair exchange. But definitely for your bet builders, you should consider including them. And if he does let you down, Get in touch. We are running with Patrice Evra, what's known as Ivar. So people have been tweeting in any losing bet slips, giving the rationale why, and Mbappe missing from two yards out against Australia. We actually got a lot of entries off the back of it, and we've paid out some of them. Some of them were like tenfold, you know, bet builders, that leg letting us letting them down, Mbappe to score. Others were like, you know, four folds with Griezmann to assist. Like assist puts in, like, it's a beautiful, beautiful cross Griezmann's put in. He's done his bet. So the punter should get paid out. Now, maybe Patrice Evra, because it's France, maybe he is a little bit biased in his judgments. But get in touch. If you have any losing bet slips over the next couple of days, just tweet them in with the hashtag Evar, and you might still be lucky. You might get a favourable decision and actually get paid out. So what they've done there, his name's Evra, <laughs> E-V-R-A. What they've done is they've said Evar. So it's like V-A-R, E-V-A-R. It's, it's really good stuff, this. So... <laughs> You get a, and this is another offer, by the way. We're so good to you, aren't we? If you look at Thursday's matches, Thursday, the 1st of December, you can get a £5 free bet when you pay, place a £5 bet builder. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus, see gambleaware.org. So that's Thursday's matches, the 1st of December. Let's wrap up with Denmark's game. They must beat Australia to have a chance of progressing. Mark, I feel like it'll be some kind of bereavement for you if the Danes don't make it, but surely they will, won't they? You expect so. I'm kind of torn, to be honest, because uh, the in-laws are all Australian. And uh, whilst they've absolutely <laughs> no interest in the World Cup, I'm still getting messages about how good the Socceroos are doing and overperforming expectations back home. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, the missus isn't bothered, to be fair. So, yeah, I'm all Denmark. Um, yes, there but... <laughs> we go. We got there in the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Australia, there's nothing to suggest in the last 18 months that they were capable of, of even scoring against France or even toppling Tunisia. But they've done both in the first two games. They've looked organised. They've looked reasonably effective and efficient. They know now that avoiding defeat against Denmark qualifies them, probably, uh, considering Tunisia have to play France, which is remarkable, really, because they've scored two goals. They've only had three shots in the box. They've allowed 28 shots in the box, um, and that's obviously a massive concern. Um, and Denmark haven't lived up to expectations at all, uh, really flat for that opening hour against Tunisia, um, beaten by the better side against France, although I thought they had fleeting moments in that game where we saw the Denmark we probably come to expect, but just beaten by the better individuals, really. Um, but yeah, it's win or go home, really, for, for them, and um, they need to start doing a bit more from open play, because I think around two-thirds of their total XG output has arrived from set-piece situations. Um, they are going to dominate possession, dominate territory here. I'm going to back them to, to do the job, which is you know beat Australia. Um, you can back them and under three and a half goals, around 2.2. You can actually back them to win and under four and a half at uh, 8 to 11 on the sports book, which I thought was, was quite nice, actually, because you get so many different correct scores on your side in that area. And um, look, we know Denmark have, have got room for improvement, but Australia are playing to their absolute limit at the minute. Um, and you don't want to be too disrespectful to them, but the back four that played against Tunisia play their club football at Dundee United, Hearts, Stoke and Brescia. Um, they're playing out of their skins, really. And um, whilst it's a, a great feel-good story, um, you know, you've got to be going some to, to sort of turn out those performances three times in a row in the space of a week. And I just think Denmark's extra class will tell. But again, one more fouls bet, um, which I wanted to put up. Jackson Irvin is uh, 13 to 10 to commit two or more fouls. He's already committed six, three in each game so far. He's in the engine room for Australia alongside Aaron Moy. He tends to do all the dog work in, the, in a box-to-box role. Um, he's going to be working overtime, putting out fires. And you know, he's, I think he's made two successful tackles in, in both games so far, three fouls in each, already been carded as well. Um, and they will be doing all they can to disrupt the flow for Denmark. So, uh, yeah, 13 to 10 look like a, a really nice price. Donkeys everywhere, very annoyed that their work has been outsourced to dogs there. Uh, Jake, uh, how are we looking at this? Because Denmark are the rightful favourites. There's no question about that. Can Australia make it awkward for them? Um, I think the only way to make it awkward is by holding them at bay for as long as they can, because um, I don't think they'll score in this game. I think it's very much a case of can Denmark score? Um, Yeah, Australia, they've, you know, the results have been, Okay, I guess uh, the performances haven't been very good from a, an XG perspective. They were hammered by France, created very little, just 0.57 XG, 0.58 against Tunisia. So they're not a team that are, that are creating an abundance of chances. They've been rather clinical, and I don't expect that to continue um, in what is a you know massive game for Denmark. Um, they've got much more quality than Australia all over the pitch, um, and I think. I think that this kind of game state will get the best out of this Denmark team because they have to take the handbrake off. They have to go out and attack. And I think that that will really kick them into gear and and we should start seeing much more nice, smooth attacking patterns. Um, and I think they'll win this quite handily. Um, I like Denmark to win to nil. It's got around about two points. It's just been trimmed in on the exchange. 2.32 currently. It was 2.5. Um yeah, I, I either take Denmark to win to nil or, or Denmark to win under three and a half goals. I don't really see Australia causing too many problems for Denmark other than sitting deep and, and maybe, you know, holding out for 60, 70 minutes. Yeah, Jason, the guys are pro-Denmark. Is that the way you go as well? 
Yeah, pro Denmark for this one. Um, just that, like, they have proven it. If you go back to the Euros, they lost their two opening games. Awful circumstances. The Finland game, we remember, got chinned by Belgium 2-1, I think it was, in their game. But they came out and they needed results against Russia, and they got it. And they got to the Euro semi-final then off the back of it. It was an extra time penalty, let's not forget, against England that stopped them, you know, potentially getting to the Euros final. Since then, they've played the UEFA Nations League group. They've got 12 points from six games in a group that included Croatia and France. So for me, as Mark said, expect Denmark to dominate possession here, dominate the territory. So it's kicking off at three o'clock. If you're listening to this, we'll just give you the bet. Denmark to win. Denmark to have most corners in each half and Denmark to have most shots on target each half. Five to one, I think it's a great price. That'll be very popular with Betfair punters if you're sitting down to watch this game. That bet can only be chinned at halftime. If not, you'll get a full run of that bet out for the 90 minutes. And I'd, I'd, as the lads alluded to, if they think there's value in the Denmark win, there's value in that bet at five to one. Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. From Jake, from Jason, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now. <laughs> 